from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, as Super Week really gets into high gear. We had opening night virtually tonight as both teams held respective rallies and media events at their home stadiums. Kind of weird, but uh, that's the way it was going on this year. Uh, the Bengals, a really cool event at their stadium. The Rams did their thing, and the NFL Network, ESPN, did all the media interviews remotely. Okay, that's the way they did it this year. Kind of loses a little bit of the luster of all the pomp and circumstance going on in the Super Bowl host city. But still, Radio Row going on in Los Angeles. The convention center is wild. The Fan Fest, everybody getting excited for the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. We will continue to break down this game every which way and finalize the betting card for us here on The Look Ahead when it comes to the side, the total, MVP bets, and prop bets. We will finalize that by the time we get through this week. When looking at all of the action, and all of the props. I think it's important to diversify your portfolio, right? How's your portfolio, Greg? I'd say strong to quite strong. (laughs) It's important to diversify and not put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, you want to make correlated bets. You want to, if you think the Rams are going to win, You want to bet some Rams sides. But also, picture the game playing out. Handicap the game. Figure out the game script and how that is going to correlate to the way that you're betting. If you think the Rams are going to be winning and winning big, it's not just about betting Rams players with their respective props. But also, how does the Rams winning big affect the Bengals players? You want to have some piece of both sides. For instance, if the Rams are winning by two touchdowns, obviously 
the Bengals will be throwing the ball more. And then you can jump on Bengals passing and receiving props. Whether it's Joe Burrow over his passing yardage or Jamar Chase receiving or any of the other players' receptions because the reception totals will go up if they're constantly passing. If Joe Burrow has to throw the ball 40-somewhat times, he's going to complete at least 25, 26 passes. And so those receptions have to be divided up, right? Again, this is if that's the way you think the game's going to play out. If you think that the Bengals will have this lead, well, then you look at the other side of it. But for example, in the Bengals' loss, or the Bengals' win against the Chiefs, they had to come from behind after trailing 28-10 to 10 at the half. So they're down 18 points going into the second half. You knew that there was going to be more pass attempts because they were trailing. They had to play catch-up. Joe Burrow completed 23 passes, 23 of his 38 passes for 250 yards. Well, where did those receptions go? T. Higgins had six. Jamar Chase had six. Samaj P. Ryan had three. Joe Mixon had three. Boyd had four. The receptions have to go somewhere. And on the other side of things, look at both of these teams and their abilities to run the football. And based on whichever team you think is going to have a lead in the fourth quarter, that team is going to be running the clock out. You're going to get more rushing yards from that team's running back in garbage time. For the Rams, it could be Cam Akers. I think you have to be a little careful about it because it could also be Sony Michelle, you know, in garbage time when they're just trying to rush out the clock, especially when you consider that Akers did fumble, you know, in the playoffs against the Bucs and Michelle's more of an inside runner, more physical running back. For the Bengals, if they have a lead, you know Joe Mixon's going to town. I mean, he's feasting. So when it comes to the props, it should be obvious, but your game script is what should dictate which props you play. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you just load up on whichever team you think is going to win the game. Diversify and get both sides. Get action on both sides. And think about what one team's actions mean for the other team. Bengals winning big means more passing for the Rams. Rams winning big, more passing for the Bengals. A lead for each team, more runs. It's as simple as that. Then you could also think about uh, the field goals. If the game's going to be close, how many field goals they're going to be made. You know, I tweeted out earlier, and you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. There's been a lot of talk about people wanting to sprinkle some money on Evan McPherson to be the Super Bowl MVP. And that could be fun to have 
a 150 to 1 ticket on a kicker to win the Super Bowl MVP, but save your money. Don't throw away money just because it's fun. Evan McPherson is not winning Super Bowl MVP. A kicker is not winning the Super Bowl MVP. The best kicking performances in a Super Bowl probably are Super Bowl 16. Ray Wershing made a record four field goals in that game. Coincidentally, that was Bengals and 49ers. 49ers win, Joe Montana is the MVP. No one else has made more, no one else has made four field goals. So you want to talk about a kicker being the MVP of the Super Bowl. Don't you think he'd have to set a record? Like McPherson would have to kick five field goals in this game. And no touchdowns would have to be scored. Don't you think you're better off betting no touchdowns to be scored? At I don't know what, what it's at, 500 to 1, whatever those odds are. It's probably it's gonna be better than 100 to 1 or 150 to 1 on no touchdowns to be scored in the entire game, because that's what it's gonna take for a kicker to win the MVP. But again, Super Bowl 16, a record four field goals made, wasn't the MVP. Super Bowl 44, Garrett Hartley had three field goals of over 40 yards, a Super Bowl record. Saints win the Super Bowl, Drew Brees is the MVP. Narrative comes into play when deciding the Super Bowl MVP. And the narrative around the Cincinnati Bengals is Joe Burrow. And I brought this up the other day, and I'll bring it up again. Super Bowl 36, Patriots, Rams. The Patriots, the upstart, Tom Brady, the second-year man who took over for Drew Brees, led the Patriots to the Super Bowl. The the Patriots win 20-17. Ty Law had a 47-yard interception return for a touchdown. Adam Vinatieri kicked two field goals, including the buzzer beater, to win the game. Your MVP was Tom Brady, who threw for 145 yards. That's one of the worst quarterback performances to win an MVP in the Super Bowl. He threw for only 145 yards, yet he was the Super Bowl MVP. It's all about the narrative. The the Super Bowl that the Colts won. Joseph Adai and Dominic Rhodes were the reason the Colts won that football game. Peyton Manning was your MVP. I don't care what Evan McPherson does. Anything short of, it's got to have at least five field goals. And nobody's got to score a touchdown in this game. That's the only way he'll be in consideration. But like I said, if that's the only way it happens, you're better off just betting on no touchdowns to be scored in the game. And you'll get a much higher payout and then, doesn't matter who's MVP. In that case, if this game is a 15-9 to game, 
and it's all field goals and no touchdowns are scored, maybe a defensive player wins the award, not even the kicker. So save your money. Be smart. I know it's fun. But you know what else is fun? Winning money, not losing money. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. About 20 minutes or so from now, our very own Mike Pritchard will join me as uh, we talk more about this Super Bowl and finalize the prop market that we're going to dive in on and the MVPs as well. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg. You can follow us all on the network at VSIN Live. You're watching VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. About 15 minutes or so from now, our very own Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver, host of Betting Across America, will join me on the program. We'll get Pritchard's thoughts on uh, the game and which prop bets that he is uh, diving in on. One prop bet that I am going to be playing for sure is Joe Burrow over 11 and a half rushing yards. I do truly believe that this will come through. 
The reason being, not just because we've seen quarterbacks utilize their legs in the playoffs, and we've seen it time and time again that they have um, a lot of quarterbacks are trying to make plays happen in the postseason. Joe Burrow rushed for 25 yards against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, but he only rushed for five yards against the Titans and negative two yards against the Raiders. In that game against the Titans, he was sacked nine times. And he made an adjustment in the Chiefs game where he eluded the pressure and took off running. And that's why he rushed for 25 yards and exceeded his rushing total. And I think that's going to happen here against the Rams. We know how elite the Rams' pass rush is, how good their front seven is. And I think Joe Burrow, much like he did against Kansas City, is going to have to take off and utilize his athleticism, use his legs to avoid sacks. Against Tennessee, the pocket closed. He tried to step up a couple of times. He was taken down. A a couple of times uh, of those nine sacks, and he had no chance. I mean, the defense was on him already. He would drop back, and boom, he's down. But against the Chiefs, there were several times. Go back and watch the game. There were several times where it looked like he was going to get sacked, and he was able to get away. And that is what I envision happening here in the Super Bowl, that there's going to be a couple of times where it's going to look like he's going to be sacked. And all it takes is just one run. Escape one time. Pick up 12 yards. The the fear is also that if they're winning and he starts taking knees at the end or runs backwards and tries to kill some clock and pulls a Patrick Mahomes for like, like he did from a couple of years ago where he wound up losing out on his rushing prop because of the what happened there at the end of the game, taking knees and actually backpedaling before taking a knee. So that does concern you a bit, but I actually don't think that it's going to be much of a concern because I think that he rushes for over 20 yards. Kind of like the 25 that he had against the Chiefs. And then if it is a couple of, uh, you know, kneel downs at the end, so be it. I think we'll be okay. However, I'm on the Rams to win this game. And I do believe that the Bengals will be passing at the end. And on their final possession, if you will, when they need first downs and the Rams have a lead and they're playing soft coverage, rushing only three and dropping everybody back, there's going to be some opportunities, and we've seen it. There's going to be some opportunities for Burrow to take off and run for a first down. And all we need with 11 and a half yards is really for him to just run for one first down. You get 10 yards right there. That's how you get his over 11 and a half. Uh, This season, he has rushed for uh, over that number only twice in the entire season. He's rushed for 11 yards actually three times 
and rushed for 10 yards once. So his numbers were 10 yards, 11 yards, 25 yards, 11 yards, 20 yards, 11 yards, and then a bunch of 7, 4, 8, 6, 3, bunch of stuff like that in the midst. But if you look at, you know, some of the games where uh, he has had multiple attempts, that's where he gets the yardage. Five attempts for 25. Um, five for 20. Against the Chiefs, five for 25. So that's, that's the number that we're really looking at here. And, yeah, you can talk about how few times it happened during the regular season, but it happened once out of three games here in the playoffs. And most importantly, it happened the game after he took all of those sacks. So I think that there was a clear adjustment made on Joe Burrow's part after being sacked nine times by the Titans. He was only sacked one time against the Chiefs, and he was able to escape, like I said, elude the pass rush and get some positive yardage with his legs. I think he'll want to do that again here in the Super Bowl. I'm going Joe Burrow over 11 and a half rushing yards. The other prop that I really like is Odell Beckham Jr. receiving yards. OBJ, uh, his total, I believe, is at 63 and a half. And if you think about how much the focus of the Bengals is going to have to be on Cooper Cup, I believe there will be opportunities for Odell Beckham Jr. to have a really nice day receiving. In the NFC Championship game, Odell eclipsed the 100-yard mark for the first time in a long time. uh, Nine catches on 11 targets for 113 yards. In the game against Tampa, six catches for 69 yards against Arizona, Four catches for 54 yards. In the regular season, with the Rams, his receiving yardage totals 18, 81, 28, 77, 7, 37, 39, 18. So he had two big games. He had three dud games and three mediocre games. In the playoffs, though, 19 catches, 236 yards, an average of 12.4 yards per catch. And if you break down his prop of receptions and receiving yardage, it's 63 yards, five and a half catches. We're talking about 11 or so yards per catch that is going to be needed for him to eclipse his his receiving total. This season, during the regular season, averaged 12.2 yards per catch. And in the postseason, he's averaging 12.4 yards per catch. So safe to say, those numbers are almost equivalent. This guy is about a 12-yard per catch receiver. Well, again, just looking at his receiving prop and his receptions prop, they are factoring in, at least the books are, about 11 yards per reception. And I do believe that he will get closer to his average of 12 yards per reception 
And I think Odell Beckham Jr. goes over, especially with a lot of attention on Cooper Cup. And Cup's number is extremely high, but the dude goes over it all the time. He's probably going to go over it again, but over 106 and a half yards, kind of hard to bet that. I think Odell Beckham Jr. 63 and a half to me is a is a safer bet, and I do believe that he goes over. I'm actually going to put a little flyer on Odell Beckham Jr. to be the MVP because I think that last uh, the the NFC Championship game was a big game for him, and you could make the argument that yeah, I mean Cooper Cup wound up having a bigger game after. Odell Beckham Jr. had the big game. It started with OBJ doing the work, and then Cooper Cup had that long touchdown uh, catch and run and everything. But you can make the argument that they don't beat the 49ers without OBJ making some of the catches he did in that game. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Coming up next, we're joined by former NFL wide receiver, host of Betting Across America here on VSIN, Mike Pritchard. This is The Look Ahead on the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. Bracket breakdowns plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Joined now by our very own host of betting across America, former NFL wide receiver Mike Pritchard and Pritch, the prop market has fluctuated so far when it comes to the Super Bowl. Uh, I've been recommending people shop around, get the best number that they can on a specific prop that they like. So I will ask you if you have settled in on a specific prop that you like for this game. You know what? I, I've made progress. How about that? Okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not done. <laughs> There's so many problems out there, Scott. Man, I, I, I gotta, I gotta partake, man. But uh, no, I, I got a couple that I feel good about. Discussed them today on Betting Across America. I, I really like the Bengals uh, team with the most first downs. They were plus 150. The Rams were minus 150, by the way. Wow. Uh, and, yeah, and then I, I also placed a bet on Odell Beckham Jr. Anytime touchdown, a yes was plus 125. I love it. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think he's got to be involved in this game. Uh, and then I'm on the over. You know, I, I was looking at it uh, when it was 48. It, it ticked up to 48 and a half. And uh, as we get closer and closer to kickoff, I wonder if things are going to change and that number goes up a little bit more. So uh, I went ahead and bet the over 48 and a half as well. You know, speaking of OBJ, I, and I'm on the over as well, full disclosure. But I just got done talking about how one of my my favorite prop bet for the Rams is OBJ over 63 and a half yards. And much like you're saying, I think he's going to be heavily involved. I think the NFC Championship game was a little eye-opening, right, to see how effective he could be as the number one guy if Cooper Cup is being blanketed. And I think there's going to be a lot of attention on Cooper Cup. And, and listen, Cup is so good that it doesn't matter how many people guard him, he's still going to get his. 
But I think Odell Beckham is going to eclipse his yard his yardage in this game. You know what? It gets interesting because it's in the sixties now. I cashed two weeks in a row with Odell Beckham Jr. because his number was so low, forties uh, in in the first uh, round against the Cardinals, and then uh, fifty one and a half. I want to say it was in the second round. Um, so able to cash that over because he's a single side receiver. He's an outside single side receiver. And a lot of times when you're outside like that, you have one cornerback to deal with. You might have some zones where you have linebackers underneath you, but the way that they use Odell Beckham jr. Is deeper or towards the sideline fade stops or, or fade routes or, you know, little wheel routes and stuff like that, but, or, or even crossing routes but they're deeper down. And the only time safeties get involved is if there is a zone. So if he's in man to man, I think Matthew Stafford feels highly comfortable going in his direction. And certainly if he's in a zone as a single side receiver, a lot of times that's an easy throw for the quarterback. Mm. Well, I was just looking like he, if you take his yardage prop and his reception Mm -hmm. prop, the book is basically predicting about 11 or so yards per reception. Okay. Odell Beckham Jr. this season averages over 12 yards of reception. Right. And that's, to, to your point about the type of routes that he runs, I think as long as he gets his five catches, he's going to eclipse his yardage total. So uh, I, I'm, I'm on him going over. And, yeah, maybe any time touchdown like you're on as well could be a good bet. Uh, I am going to sprinkle a little bit on him as the MVP as well, just to have some a little taste yeah. of uh, OBJ to win the MVP. When it comes to like it. the Bengals, is there a prop that you like for them? I talked about Joe Burrow over his rushing yardage because, mm-hmm. and tell me if you agree with me on this. I noticed a change in him from the Tennessee game to the Kansas City game. He got sacked nine times in that Titans game. And against the Chiefs, you saw it, Pritch, he used his legs to avoid sacks, and that's why he rushed for 25 yards in that game. I think that change is going to be the same mentality he has here against the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at Burrow, you're not looking at him as a guy that's going to run, like escape the pocket. What he does do uh, is he drops his hips and he gets strong in a pocket. And so a lot of times people are attacking Joe Burrow, but he'll dodge him with his shoulder or he'll turn his body uh, but then his leg strength, and maybe it was because of the injury and the rehab, but he believes that he's strong in the legs and he just squats and those guys rub off of him. You know, I mean, those defenders and those guys in the pocket trying to tackle him, uh, he shakes them off. And so therefore looking for plays down the field too. Now he can scramble. And we saw that against the chiefs. Like you mentioned uh, earlier in the year, uh, there was one standout against the Broncos to me uh, that he made some plays with his legs too. So oh, he's more than capable uh, of doing it, but he understands that you're going to win a championship from the pocket. He did that at LSU. Uh, he wants to remain in that pocket as long as possible, uh, Scott. But if he has to, he will tuck it and run it as well. And plus, like if for me, I'm I'm giving I'm predicting this to be a Rams win. And so I think that mm-hmm. if the Bengals are trailing and the Rams, let's say, are playing soft off coverage at the end of the game, that he might take off and run for a first down just because he's taking what the defense is giving him on a final drive of the game or something where they need to get points. Uh, so it kind of correlates yeah, you know, with the way I think the game's going to go. Right. And that gets interesting too, because you know, you know, Sean McVay knows Zach Taylor and you're looking at tape and you watch the Kansas city chiefs come back three times 
uh, down 14 points at home uh, against Kansas City. They came back and won that game. Uh, you know, so you think about the the Bengals on the road at Arrowhead. They were down 18 points. Yeah. They came back and won that game. So you know, it's fascinating that you said the Rams play soft and you know prevent defense. I, if if Sean McVay is up and the Rams are up, they better keep that pedal to the metal and right. not allow Cincinnati a chance to get back in that one. But uh, yeah, you you might be right. I mean, if if it does turn into that type of game. Uh, you know, that's the second halves and totals and, and spreads and, and, you know, certainly some of the props that you can find right now can come into uh, play there. How are you going to be looking to attack this game sidewise? Are you going to, you're going to be playing in game? I am because I, I have a feeling that they, these two coaches know each other very well. Uh, they, they know that they both script and they do things and what they like and what they don't like. So I think they're going to try to throw each other off or to start the game, to be honest with you, like no huddle operating at the line of scrimmage. You know, did you prepare for that? And, and that's one of the things that's come back uh, to really haunt Sean McVay from that Super Bowl that he lost is that Bill Belichick threw out a defense that they did not prepare for. And they can never move the ball. I mean, they had some opportunities, but they really weren't consistent. So I think McVay is going to cover those bases uh, and certainly ha- hopefully have his offense to try to throw off uh, Zach Taylor and, and their defense. Because, I mean, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl because their ability to make adjustments in game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm waiting to see how the game plan unfolds and, and make a decision from that standpoint. How concerned are you about the Bengals offensive front holding up against the Rams defensive front seven? Well, when you go up against Kansas City and Chris Jones and Clark and Ingram, are is that is that little uh, Floyd Little? Is that is that Leonard uh, Floyd? Excuse me. Is that um, Aaron Donald? Is that Von Miller? No, it's not. But you still have to be conscious of it. Uh, the way that the Bengals neutralized that was by running the football first and stand beholden to that. I think the Bengals are going to throw the ball to run it. Meaning, we know the Rams like to play a lot of dime, and we know that the Rams are pretty light at the linebacking core. So if you put out three wide receivers and you're throwing a ball, they're going to think you're going to throw it, and then therefore you could run it uh, with Mixon. So I, I think eventually they'll get to the running game, but not not to just line up and, and be more physical at the line of scrimmage against Rams because that's a mismatch. It's crazy because you know teams have to game plan for Aaron Donald. Like he's that type of disruptive player. So what yeah. I'm curious to see is how do the Bengals block Aaron Donald? Do they double team him? And if they do, does that free up somebody else on the outside? Is it Robinson? Is it Floyd? Is it right, is it right. Von Miller? You know, I'm very curious. Do they have to keep a running back in in protection because they want to help out uh, in passing situations against Aaron Donald? Like he's that type of player. And with all due respect to Chris Jones or, or anybody on the Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans. You don't really have to game plan for them like you do for Aaron Donald. So that's what really, no, that's really true. concerns me. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, and the Bengals know this, if they do keep a back end of chip or if they do keep a tight end, if they if they do something like that, they're down eligibles yep. uh, to uh, the Rams dropping seven guys in coverage. And I don't know. I don't care who's at quarterback. You're not going to find a lot of open receivers if you're only releasing two or three guys uh, against seven guys in coverage. Well, you and I are on the same page when it comes to the total. So let's hope for points Mm -hmm. here on Sunday. Pritch, always appreciate the time. Appreciate you, Scott. Take care, man. There he is. Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver host of betting across America here on the network. We are both on the over 48 and a half points right now 
for the Super Bowl Rams and the Bengals. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Love your thoughts on the props and the side and the total for the Super Bowl. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game. And right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vsin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I have the prop offerings here from uh, Circa and ones that I really love. We all know that I am on the two point conversion successful. So a two point conversion made by either team is the yes plus 235, the no minus 280. I'm on the yes. So plus 235 is what they have here at Circa on will there be a successful two-point conversion made. The other one that I actually like, and this is a fun one, total players with a pass attempt. That's usually the one like the exotic that I say. It's anybody other than a quarterback to attempt to pass. But what's really great about the way that this is worded is – Let's say a quarterback gets hurt or has to come out of the game and a backup comes in and attempts a pass. The wording here is not anybody other than a quarterback, meaning it has to be a running back or a punter on a fake punt or whatever. It's just total players with a pass attempt over under two and a half. 
The over two and a half is plus 160. The under is minus 285. Listen, I'm not rooting for any quarterback to get hurt here. I'm just saying it's an option that exists when it's worded this way. Because it's not just a non-quarterback. You could have a quarterback come in and throw a pass. So I think that's going to happen. And it's either going to be a fake punt where the punter throws a pass. It could happen, right? I mean, we've seen um, how many times has uh, Johnny Hecker thrown a pass, right? We've seen that a lot. So um, that's an option. We've seen in the playoffs already Odell Beckham Jr. throw a pass. We've seen in the regular season Cooper Cup throw a pass. So I think that we are going to get somebody other than a quarterback throwing a pass. In the regular season this year, Cooper Cup attempted a pass. Um, Johnny Hecker attempted a pass. John Wolford, the backup quarterback for the Rams, attempted a pass. And in the playoffs, Odell Beckham Jr. attempted a pass. For the Bengals this season, you've had uh, Tyler Boyd attempt a pass. And then the backup quarterback, Brandon Allen. That's about it. So I'm going to go with the plus money here, plus 160. And I'll shop around, see if there's better than that somewhere else. But I do like total players with a pass attempt over two and a half at plus 160. Uh, Here's some other offerings, uh, um, according to Circa. If you're looking at, um, let's see, will there be more points in the first half or the second half plus overtime? There's actually a spread here. First half is plus two and a half points. Second half and overtime is minus Two and a half points. You got the first kickoff of the game, a touchback. The yes is minus 160. Is there any way that it's not a touchback? Like, I'm just thinking about this. Is there any way that it's not a touchback? Just trying to think. Like, These guys just kick it through the back of the end zone every time. Minus 160 seems like really good odds because I would think that it's it's got to be higher than that. It should be minus 200 if I'm being honest. You know, like this is minus 160? Will the first kick be a touchback? Um, this season, let's see. Trying to find a little some numbers here on um, kickoffs. We got here. Hmm. Yeah, next page. I need to find the number of touchbacks this season. Can I sort? I want to sort here. All right. So this season, Matt Gay. 65 touchbacks on 102 kickoffs. That is a percentage of 63.7% touchbacks. Evan McPherson, 
55 touchbacks on 91 kickoffs. That is a percentage of 60%. So uh, this is um, really interesting here. And here's a stat, I guess, here. What is this? Uh, Have not featured a touchback? Is that accurate, Jason? So no touchback has been on the first kick of the Super Bowl? So there's an article here on the score, and it says here, uh, courtesy look, no. Wow, that we have not had a touchback? 26 of 28 Super Bowls since 94 have not featured a touchback on the opening kickoff. 92.9% hit rate. Hmm. The trend comes despite the rule changes to uh, increase player safety. Obviously, it increases the likelihood of the touchback. Um, the ball? Huh. There's an article here that talks about the ball is different, I guess. I don't know. I just think that um, no touchback. Wow. Yeah. 18 and 20 in the last 20 Super Bowls have not featured a touchback on the opening kickoff. That's pretty interesting. I would have thought that it would be uh, different than that. That, you know, I guess maybe players take it out of the end zone. They're hyped up. Like they're so excited that if the kick is in the end zone, a player so amped up for the Super Bowl that they take it out of the end zone and try and run it back. Maybe that's why. I'd be very curious to see how many of the kicks landed short of the end zone and how many went into the end zone and players ran it out. It says here the Rams and the Bengals returned 47.9% and 43.9% of all kickoffs during the regular season. So that's less than 50% of kickoffs that they returned. Others would be, um, you see, so the numbers here are kind of contradictory because, again, Evan McPherson, 60% touchback rate. Matt Gay, 63.7% touchback rate. And both the Rams and the Bengals return under 50%. So the numbers of just the kickers would indicate that the touchback has the value. However, just looking at Super Bowl history, if that's something you want to take into consideration, some people ignore trends. They think that it doesn't matter. It doesn't factor into this one-off game. Uh, But there could be something here to the fact that since 1994, 26 of 28 Super Bowls, no touchback. And you're getting now plus 140 on no touchback. All right, maybe I'll stay away from that. I just think that as much as the players are hyped up, kickers are hyped up for the game as well, and they just boot it out of the back of the end zone. Plus, these are two very smart teams, very smart coaches. How many times does a kickoff return from the end zone 
actually get you beyond the 25-yard line. Just seems like the smart thing to do is to take the touchback, start the game on the 25-yard line, rather than starting the game on the 18, 19, or 20 if you don't reach the 25. And maybe that's what the coaches are telling their players to be smart because they're smart coaches and they would rather play the percentages. But then again, these players are human. Kick returner gets hyped up. Back there, Super Bowl, the lights, the flashes of the cameras. You get the ball in your hands and you're trying to make something special happen. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VEASAN. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.